We're back to the Neil Haley Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Gene Kuhn. Again, author, speaker, entrepreneur, business strategist, everything, Gene. And I'm going to ask you questions. One thing I always learn from you when we're off air or, we're, or when you're doing a certain topic, it just gives you that kick in the butt as an entrepreneur saying, why didn't I think of that? And so we decide, I'm decided just to go ahead and jump into a Q&A in different ways. When you are a solopreneur, what what level do you think you should hire people for help, especially if you're a solopreneur? What do you look for? What kind of things? I remember talking to your mentor years ago when I said I was going to scale. And guess what? I wasn't ready at all. Now I am. But um, and it, she, she hit me hard in an interview when we first met. Uh, mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you, Gene, is the same thing is, how do you kind of know when you should stop being that solopreneur and you should start getting a little bit more help? Uh, I always tell my clients, they should not be hiring anybody out, even a virtual assistant, until they're about $100,000, right? And I know a lot of people disagree with that. It's like, uh, but you know what? You need to learn this stuff. In my opinion, these are all my opinions. I believe entrepreneurs need to learn a few things. They need to learn how to write copy. They need to learn how to create a landing page. Now, these are all things that people want to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They want to resource out or they want to, right? And because they don't want to learn to do it and it's hard and they spend a lot of money doing that to start with that they could reserve that and they don't have anything else they're doing, right? It's not like they're flush with clients and they're flush with cash. When they're starting out, they need to learn to do some of these things themselves because I can tell you, even though I resource that out now, uh, there are plenty of times I am working on a Saturday or Sunday and my team is not working, right? And I don't want to wait because I want to launch something today. So I, I, everybody should learn to do that. So once you learn to do that and, you, and you're creating some money and you get to about $100,000, then hire your first virtual assistant, right? Hire somebody who can help you, but you can't hire somebody and pay them to do everything you need to do if you're not making any money. So the first thing is, is start making money. And when you start making money, you make that $100,000 and you find out you're getting it like, let's just say more of a referral-based business. And you really got to get more sales, meaning like you're getting referrals because you're really doing a great job. But now if you're going to outsource, and I've had a conversation with an entrepreneur months ago, and she said, well, I can't hire more people till I get more sales. And I'm at a certain point, and yeah, I can grow through referrals, but if uh, extreme growth, I don't have a team. I don't have that. So kind of explain specifically enough how how that process works to kind of really identify referral versus sales. You know, like you can really scale this or continue to hire first virtual assistant, then somebody else, nothing huge, but you make sure when you pay them, you make that money back in sales. If, if right. you're just doing it to free up time, you're never going to grow. No, as a matter of fact, you would never, ever, ever in a million years hire to free up your time. You only hire to grow. So that would be my, so if that answers the question there, Neil, for you, yes. but I think when you're talking about referral-based business, I'm not sure what you're meaning because- Referral-based means they're not really going out there, getting a funnel together, some sort of sales funnel. It could be an email marketing. It could be a podcast funnel. It could be something, all the kids that they do such great work. When I was a tutor, I, all, I had a tutoring business 
except I mean, when I was a tutor, every time a referral would come to me, I was never out selling. I was never going to families. I was never going and speaking. I was just getting my clients straight from that. Well, if I wanted to scale that, I had to use Craigslist to scale it so I could start selling because I had to get more parents to hire more people. So what I'm talking about, if you're just like all, I've talked to so many businesses are just a referral-based business, but when they have to get more business, it's not just referral-based, it really becomes difficult for them. I think even when you're starting out, listen, your family and friends are not your clients, right? So when you say referral-based, your clients, your friends have no experience in working with you. So they're not going to refer you. Your family's not going to work with you. They're not going to refer you. Where are you getting all of these referrals from? Most business owners that I know don't get, but maybe a handful of referrals over the course of their business life right? If they're a service-based business, it doesn't matter how great of a job they do. Um, they're not going to get referrals from family and friends. They might get it from other clients. Other clients, for sure. Other clients. But that's all they get their business from. But then if they looked at a scale and all these different things, they got to write things down and plan things out, like write a business plan. So that's the next question. How many people are you working now? Because things have changed. Everyone just goes with the flow and says, I'm going to go. How important is a business plan in the, in the process? So if you're talking about that 30-page um, business plan that you have to put together to get a loan, uh, if you need a loan, you've got to put that together. But honestly, my business plan, I literally create on a sheet of paper for my people, and I give them the three or four strategies they should be using consistently to, to grow their business. And then once they get to a certain level, then we review that plan. But it is nothing major. It is not like honest to God, it's not a 30 page plan. If you can't look at it on one sheet of paper, how could you possibly file, uh, follow it? Right? So we give them, I give them strict, easy, simple. Let me say this. They're simple strategies, but they're not easy to do. And why isn't it easy to do? Because it's really difficult for people to be consistent on what they're doing. Right? It's, it's hard for me to stay consistent on what I'm doing. So um, the business plan is literally four or five things they need to be doing, start doing right now. And income producing activities is always the number one piece on the puzzle. If something's working really well, and this is where you get most of your revenue generating, when you work with your clients say, okay, it's speaking at Rotary clubs. And then they're saying, I'm going to go do this thing that's going to be speaking somewhere here. And I think that's going to develop and all these different things, or I'm going to try this email marketing strategy or this other funnel. And I'm really doing well at this. What, what would your advice be? Uh, if you're really, if you're doing really well at something, listen, I'm all about rinse and repeat. So you rinse and repeat until that strategy does not work for you any longer. If ever it stops, right? right. So you, you don't just jump from one thing to another, just trying to find something better. If you've got something that's working and bringing in revenue on a consistent basis, you don't stop that. You just keep rinsing it and repeating it and figuring out how you can do, how you can scale that up right? How can you scale your speaking into more leads? Where else can you speak? Not just on your own podcast. Whose podcast can you get on that needs to hear you? What conference needs to hear you speak? What, uh, what organization, association needs to hear what you have to say in order to help them grow their businesses? That's why I'm scaling. So I have time for those things. And right. then that's because what I do is, Gene, just for 
is I get a guest on and then they become a client of mine. And that's my best revenue generating thing. And you can have as many interviews as possible, especially if you're able to produce five hours of programming and over 20 interviews a week. So it's a really good face. But once you get to a certain point where, well, let's just say you started, you, you reached your maximum capacity for that activity to get, to, to get sales, you should try something else that's similar to that, sounds like what you're saying. Well, I think if you've reached maximum capacity and you have not increased your revenue enough to start bringing on team to do some other things for you, have you really reached maximum capacity? No, you haven't. Exactly. So no, you don't, you don't quit the one thing that's working, but you should have every entrepreneur should have at least three or four uh, lead generating strategies and three or four, not three this week and three different ones next week and four the following week, three or four really solid lead generating strategies in your business and stop screwing around with everything else. Let go of all the other things. I'm no offense, let go of the threads. It's bringing in one, one potential client every four or five months. Let go of the stuff that's not working and focus only on the stuff that is working. I love doing my podcast. It is not revenue generating, but I do it from a place of, it gives me a lot of joy to do it. I don't care about that, right? Is it something I'm going to let go of? No, I really like to talk to people. I might be considered chatty. So when I do something, um, I want to make sure I'm going to make money at it if it's what I, right. But then there are those little joy projects you do once yes. in a while. Right. Don't, don't do so many joy prod projects that you let go of the income projects. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're getting me going now. We're telling you the podcast wait to start in the events. If you're meeting people and invite them on your show right after you meet them, that would be my tip. So basically you go speak at an event and some of the people really aren't interested in going to your next step stays, get them on your podcast, pick those people to be the podcast guests. Go ahead. You know what? I just spoke in an event in, in Dallas last week and or week before, I don't know. And uh, the funny thing is, is I invited everybody who they turned in this little card, right? And, um, and then I said, have a, write the word podcast on the back if you want to be on my podcast. And I, out of uh, a few cards that I got back, I think about half of them wrote podcasts, seven or eight people wrote yeah. podcasts. Do you know, I have, I reached out to all of them the following work day. And do you know how many have responded? How many? Three. Do you want to know how many canceled before their podcast? How many? One right? One, I've already, already canceled the day of his podcast. So while you're, well, I love that strategy, right? Doing it and inviting people there. The problem is, is people can't stay focused enough to do what they say they're going to do. And, and that's and where the, general, the whole process of live versus recorded two different things, right? You're doing a record, you say, okay, I can do it 6am. I can do it whatever time. That's what I do. I never go live, but that this is great. Well, I guess I'm adding a little bit of this Q and a in this process too, of what my experience is. So what, you, what I'm saying is let's, let's go just to me now. One okay. thing I have not focused on and now I will, because I'm scaling is to start to speak locally in Pittsburgh, uh, speak more of like, do like more virtual speaking and be guesting on other people's podcasts. I've gotten business from guessing other people's podcasts. What do you recommend when you to, to be able to fit that time in? Here's the problem: time. We're working, or are we working on our business, or working in our business? So I figured out the easiest strategy to get business on a regular basis. Now I have 
I am scaling, so I need to create the next phase of this. What should I do? I'm askgene.com. There you go. Let's go ahead, Gene. What would, what would your recommendation be for me to free my time up? How do you schedule that time out so you can have more time to speak? Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about that time piece there. Um, you know, I think podcasters, right, need to do a bet. Not, not saying you, Neil, but I think I've been on a lot of podcasts. They're like, I do this podcast in January. And they're like, okay, so your podcast is going to go live in July. What? Right? That's crazy. Yeah. And I see a lot of that happening a lot of places that people feel like they can only do one podcast a week. And then they're scheduling out for months and months and months. What a crock of crap, right? Yeah. Get get the the best thing you can do to your podcast guests is get those podcasts up as fast as possible, right? Who cares if you're putting two or three or 43 podcasts out a week? Do you care? I don't care. I, I produce about right. 30 sometimes a week. So there you go. And when I'm right. on camera, but I'm asking now time management. How do time I now block it? How much time do I need to block out so that I pick a day that I'm going to go into Pittsburgh and speak at a, at a Rotary Club, right? These are the goals I'm going to be setting for 2024, not now, because we're at the end. We're kind of closing it out. Uh, I'm uh, going and trying to do more speaking at other virtual events, guesting on other people's podcasts. What do you recommend? What strategy do you do to keep your time free to be able to do those activities? Uh, I Well, first of all, it's not a matter of putting it on. It's really how many times a month do you want to speak, right? You have to pick that. It's not like you're like, oh, I want to speak four times a month. So let me go find four things that, right? You have to always be looking for something. So if you have five, are you going to, try, if I had five speaking gigs in a month, I am not going to turn down that fifth one. I'm going to be, hell yeah, let's do it. So when you say that, it's kind of a loaded question because it really doesn't, you've got to, you've got to take the time. It's not I try, like, I try to 10X everything. That's my problem. Right. And, and this, this is kind of fluid because if I got a call, I, uh, there's an organization I belong to at, um, that they can call me or email me and give me a spot whenever they have it. Right. And if they have a spot available and I have the time on my calendar, I absolutely will do it. Now, am I going to cancel a client to go speak? Absolutely. Right. Because I would want my client and I tell my clients, if you have an app opportunity to go speak, let's reschedule your calls. Right. Or your call. And I will ask them. I said, I have an opportunity to go speak. I'd like to reschedule your call. So, yeah, sometimes you just have to mess around on your calendar and move things around to make it work for you. Because when you start seeing all the leads, uh, Neil, when, that will come in from speaking, you, you definitely we all need to generate new leads every single week. Every single week, we need to be generating probably at least 30 or 40 new leads a week to oh, talk wow. to. Yeah, I think you're going to be surprised because at the second act conference, I am going to show people how many leads they need, how to figure out a formula, how to figure out how many leads you need every single month to hit your revenue goal for that month. And Honestly, it's quite a bit more than you would even possibly imagine. How are you going to get generate that many leads? Getting in front of a big enough audience. How do you do that? Speaking. 30 or 40 leads. That, see, that's where you're yeah. going to get a bigger audience. And, and I think that the thing that you're need next, Gene, is when you're talking about like when you went to Dallas or you go speak in another place and they fill this out 
your lead gen will be guesting on a podcast because if you can get more of those people on and, and more regular basis of people you don't know and interview them, that's going to be a, an income generator that you won't you you won't even imagine. One of them will change everything. That's how it usually works in the in the in the podcast world. I guess my final question is how what do you how like how do you look at revenue growth and how it's worth seeing what kind of percentage a year do you think you should grow in revenue as a company to see that you're growing on the right pace? Well, I, I think that's hmm, that's an interesting question. So I don't know that there's um, I don't know that I would answer it like other people, right? I think I would answer that is is I you should set a goal every single year, right? And if so, you pick that. I don't because I do believe in that we can manifest all of this stuff. And when I say manifest, I don't mean some woo 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 bullshit. I mean we can manifest it because we make it happen, right? It's more we, of a mindset, mindset manifestation than the, 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 in your mind. I understand what you're saying. Just basically put yeah. it up. I mean, I believe in the visualization. The other thing, it happens, it will happen. That's it. But if I you believe in the moment you ask for it, it's happened already. It's, happened. it's there. Now you've got to find it, right? It's right. there. You've got to find it. Uh -huh. So when you're doing that, you set your goal based on where you want to be. I, I can't tell you what you should or should not scale every because some people could literally double their million dollar business to a five million dollar business in one year and some other entrepreneurs small entrepreneurs may be really super happy to go from thirty thousand dollars to forty five thousand dollars in one year right so i don't it depends right the way the way you would do that is you set your goal i always break my goal down into first a, a monthly goal then I break it down into a weekly goal and then I break it down into a daily goal. So I know how much revenue I need to be bringing in every single day of this year to hit my goal. And right. if I'm not bringing it in, who's, who's responsible if I don't hit that goal? I don't know. Neil Haley, of course. No, yes. I'm just kidding. It's just me, right? I'm the only one who's responsible for hitting that goal. Right. That's true. Yeah. All right. It's best place to go. Genekun.com. Great questions and answers. I'm going to have to do this again. Appreciate it, Gene. I love it. Thanks. All right, bye. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment.